0: Hey, this is Pastor Aram, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. If you have your Bible, turn it to Joshua, the first chapter. And while you're turning, would you please put your hands together and welcome everybody who's joining us online this morning? We love you and appreciate you, and I would love nothing more than to see you in person at Activation Church, if at all possible. Maybe you live out of state. Listen, make a plan to vacation here in Georgia. (laughs) Dabs Bridge Road is beautiful this time of year, and uh, stop stop by and join us. But we're going to be continuing on a series that we started last week called Discover or discovering activation. It's all about our culture and our values and who we are as a church. You know, whenever you start to plant a church, before you assemble people, before you start building teams, before you have your first service, you sit down and you think, what kind of church are we going to be? What are we going to look like? What is it that we want to accomplish and how do we want to accomplish it and so before we met with anyone we started framing out our code or our values and so I wanted to share those with you because that doesn't happen within a church culture on accident if we're not intentional with who we are we'll become something else are you following me if, you, if your family is not intentional with the kind of family you want to become, it will become something else. If you are a business person, if you're not intentional with the culture, it will become something else. And so I want everyone that's a part of our church to understand who we are. And if you're going to be involved in a team, this is how we function. This is how we operate. This is how we move. This is what makes us Activation Church. And so Joshua, the first chapter. Starting in verse one, the Bible says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. I want to read verse 3 again because this is a verse that should get you very excited. This is a verse that changed the course of my life. This is a verse that I heard when I was about 17 years old, sitting in a room with 15 other teenagers. And when we got a hold of this verse, we built a youth ministry that reached thousands of teenagers. We were on television three times a week. Newspaper articles were written about us because we took this verse serious. And this verse is for you. This verse is for your family. This verse is for your business. This verse is for every single child of God. He says every place. Somebody say every place. Every place place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. It is already yours. Turn to the person next to you and say, it already belongs to you. It's got your name on it. I used to love Christmas time at the house because my mom would fill the living room with all kinds of gifts. But I didn't get excited about the gifts that had my brother's name on it. I got excited about the ones that had my name on it. And so God is saying, I have given it to you. This has your name on it, just as I promised Moses. So God is saying, I have promised a land to you, and I'm gonna make good on that promise, but you have to take it. This is important, because this is where many of us miss what God's trying to do in our life. I've given it to you, but you've got to, take it. Every place that the sole of your foot treads is going to belong to you, but you have to walk it out. Too many times we are waiting on God. We're waiting on God to show up and do something. We're waiting on God to drop something in our lap, but the truth is God is actually waiting on us. He's waiting on us to respond. The Bible says that he has granted to us many great and precious promises but it is our responsibility through faith and action to pull them into reality. Are you hearing that? The promise is there. What God has made available already exists for you but it is your responsibility. Somebody say my responsibility. It is my responsibility to pull it into reality through faith and through action so When I am promised something, I have to walk out the process. Are you following this line of thinking so far? For instance, God says, I will keep them at perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the Lord. So the promise is that your mind can be kept at perfect peace. That's the promise. The process is you controlling your focus. If you can't control your focus, you can't take hold of the promise doesn't mean that God's not faithful. If God speaks it, it will happen. The Bible says he is not a man that he should lie. His word will prosper wherever it is sent. So he says, your mind can be at perfect peace, but your responsibility is to focus on me. He says in Malachi, he says, guess what? I will open up the windows of heaven. I will pour out a blessing upon you that you cannot contain. And wait, if you call now, I'll even rebuke the devourer for your sake. That's the promise. But the process is being faithful in tithe and offering. You can never take hold of a promise unless you are willing to walk out the process. It doesn't matter how many times you memorize the verse. It doesn't matter how many times you quote the verse. If you are not walking out the process behind the the principle that brings you to the promise you will never take hold of the promise every promise somebody say every promise, every promise has a process that must be walked out are you getting that every promise has a process that must be walked out Ephesians 3:20 the bible says now to him talking about god who is able and i love the fact that God's not just able, he's also willing, did you know that? He's not just able to help you, he's not just able to meet you at the point of your need, he is willing, he desires to help you. To him who is able to do far more, far abundantly, exceeding, the Bible says, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think according to the power that works inside of us. In other words, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and now you've got some power there and God is able to meet you at that place, but you've got to do something. Let's look at it again. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we all ask, or think according to the power that is working within us. But you've got to ask and you have to think. Are you seeing that? He doesn't just say, I'm able to drop something in your lap. I'm able to make something happen without you doing anything. He says, I'm able to go far beyond your expectations. I'm able to go far beyond your imagination, but you've got to be willing to first think and ask somebody say think, think. and ask. ask as a church talking about our culture we are going to believe for the unbelievable but we are also going to put some legs on our faith because faith without legs is useless that's how my translation when it comes out of James 5:16 my translation will say faith without legs is useless The old time version, before my version came out, says faith without works is dead. So many of you are familiar with the story of Peter walking on the water. If you're not, we'll have Sunday school starting at 11 o'clock. You can go down there with the kids. We'll talk about it. Peter's on a boat. He sees Jesus come walking on the water And he says, Lord, if that is you, let me come walk on the water with you. Jesus says, come. Peter had faith. He had enough faith to walk on the water, but he did not walk on water until he stepped out of the boat. So your faith without a corresponding action is useless. You can say, I believe, but what are you doing to back up what you believe? We have to be willing to walk out the promises of God. I believe that God has given us this city. I believe that God has strategically placed Activation Church in this area so that this city can be saved, but it's not just going to happen. It's gonna happen because people are willing to walk out the process. There are people who are willing to pray, people who are willing to serve, and people who are willing to give. I wanna say it again, people who are willing to pray, people who are willing to serve, and people who are willing to give. The reason that we do not do a formal membership at Activation Church is because I believe a formal membership is meaningless. Anybody can say I want to join the church and come down and we can say a prayer and say hey now you're a member. Actually we only have two actual members here at this church. You know who they are? Ron and Donna Perdue. And the only reason that they are actual formal members is because they came down to the altar one Sunday spontaneously and said hey we'd like to join this church. I said all right, let's do it. (laughs) But we don't have formal membership. And it's not that I'm against membership, but anybody can say I belong to a place. But in my thinking, if you belong, you do something. My house is my responsibility to clean. It's my responsibility take care of the bills it's my wife and kids responsibility to do stuff why because it is our home so if you are a part of activation church you are a part of activation church because you pray for activation church you serve at activation church and you give at activation church why because you understand that this church is is my responsibility. This mission that God has placed us on is my responsibility. It's not just Aurum's responsibility. It's not just Randy's responsibility. If you are a part of Activation Church and God has called you here, this is your responsibility. This is the thing that one day Jesus will look you in the eyeball and either say, well done thou good and faithful servant or you missed it. That's heavy. That's heavy. If God has called you to be here, if not, find the place that God has called you to be. And when he calls you there, pray, serve, and give. There's no such thing as just sitting around. Touch the person next to you and say, there's no such thing as just sitting around. God is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think, but there's some stuff that we gotta do. If we want to reach our city, the promise is there, but there are some things that we have to do. I need to think big, I need to pray big, and I've got to work hard. I've gotta think big, I've gotta pray big, and I've got to work hard. Let's let's look at these three things. First, think big. When I was a kid, there was a guy who worked for my father that had a fish tank in his office, and the fish tank was much larger than the fish he had in the tank. But I learned it's because that kind of fish needs room to grow. If you don't have a tank large enough for what the fish will become, you actually, you actually stifle the fish's growth. And as I was thinking about that and thinking about thinking big, I want us to be a church that has such a large imagination that we put no limits or no cap on what God wants to do. Because he has already said, I will do far more than you think or ask. So if that's the case, then if I can think really big, then God says, I'll one-up you. And the bigger I think, the more God says, I'll one-up you and so as a church we cannot think small we have to think big if we're going to reach the city we can't think like a small church we can't think you know for those of you who are involved in the children's department we can't think that just having a sunday school class for kids is enough We've got to have an imagination for a ministry that is capable of reaching hundreds of kids. Are you following me? When I was a children's pastor, I made the decision that I'm not going to do anything with the kids that I could not do with hundreds of kids. So so the first night that I started this whole children's thing, which was a complete accident, by the way, my older brother who I was doing youth ministry with, he was like, I've got this idea. Let's start this children's thing. And the first night we did it, three kids showed up. And at the end, he said, I've got an idea. You do this children's thing. (laughs) And so I started in the process of working with these kids. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to deal with these three kids as if there's hundreds of kids already here. You know what that did? That created space for more children to come in to where when they came in, we were able to handle them. We've got to think big. We cannot be small-minded. God said every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I've given it to you. Every place, every place, every place. How big is the place you can think about? Well, Dabbs Ridge Road's enough, I can, no, that's not enough. If you only take Dabbs Ridge Road, that's all you'll have. But if you keep on walking, God says, I'll give you every place that you go. One of our core values that we put on our website, so you know it's true, is this. It says, nothing is impossible. And under that we put, in order to dominate a city with the gospel of Jesus, we can't think small. We will set impossible goals. See, I, w- I want to set the type of things that when we accomplish it, we go, God had to have done that. I can't like work within the realm of my own ability and strength and be happy with that. We've got to think so big that when it happens, we go, God did that. God used you and God used me to accomplish this. Look at this. This is far greater than we could ever think or imagine. So in order to dominate a city with the gospel of Jesus, we can't think small. We set impossible goals. Now I'm talking, this is who we are as a church. We set impossible goals, take bold steps of faith, and watch God move. We set impossible goals, we take bold steps of faith, and watch God move. That's the story of this church, by the way. I sat at lunch with my father in the year 2013 at Papacito's. I thought I was just there to eat some fajitas. And as I'm sitting there eating my fajitas, happy with life, My future planned out. Dad says, son, it's time for you to start a church. I was like, say what? He said, it's time for you to start a church. I said, where would you like me to start this church? He said, I don't know. I said, well, what's my budget? That's, That's the international symbol for nothing, for those of you who are wondering. So here I am. I have no place and I have no money. I have no people. I have no team. I left that lunch and immediately started looking for property. When I came across our first location there in Kennesaw, we made the decision, we'll make a move. Still no money, no people. Seven months later, our church was started, and God started bringing people in, and the vision started getting supported. I knew that that building, from day one, I knew that building wasn't big enough. What do you mean it wasn't big enough? We we never overfilled that building. So you're missing it. The building was fine for that time, but in my mind, it was never big enough for what we wanted to accomplish. And so from day one, I was already thinking, can we bust out walls? Can we you know, get that person to move out so that we can take it? What, what are we gonna do? And this opportunity for this place opened up, and it was an impossible situation. There was no way a church our age would be able to get our own property. They had already turned other churches down that were in our same situation yet we believed god and we made the move and god made it happen and we did some impossible things and we took some bold steps of faith in order to occupy this land it was one of those you ever played texas hold'em where you go i'm all in it was one of those i'm all in moments but you know what god has been good god has been faithful God has brought increase. God has caused us to grow. God is prospering us. We are able to reach not just the people within the four walls of this church, but we are reaching people all over the world and supporting missions and helping people, us, this group. Imagine now what more we can do if we'll take this thing seriously. I want to reach my world. I am very serious about this. I like, to, I like to have fun, I like to joke, I like to play, and I think church should be fun, but I am very serious about this. If you're on the host team, that is a very serious responsibility. That's not, that's not just fun and games, that's not time for us to hang out with our friends and chat. That's serious because every person that comes through those doors is important and valuable, and I want them to feel important, and I want them to feel valuable. Last week, my mom visited the church, and when she came in, she, she wrote me afterwards, and my mom's a very, when it comes to church, she's very critical. I mean, she's the type of person that used to tell me, like, our, our band would be playing, and I thought, like, something phenomenal was happening, and I'd get done, and be like, hey, mom, what's going on? She'd be like, babes, the front of your shoes are a little worn out. You should have put some shoe polish on them. You know what I'm saying? So she noticed that kind of thing, and, and she's, she'll be very frank with me. But she said, I want to applaud the people who were on your host team today. She said, I was greeted outside. As I came in, they followed me in. They took me to the Welcome Center. I think it was Jim Vaughn came, opened the door for her to come into service. That's, that's important. You see what I'm saying? That's important. And so this is not just a game. Nothing that we do is just a game. Being a part of the worship team is not a game. This is something that we take very seriously because we are dealing with the eternity of souls, so we got to think big. Where are our expectations? How far are we willing to go? And is enough enough? And I'll say this enough is relative. Enough is relative. So a- as a church, we're going to be content, but we're not going to be complacent. We'll be thankful, but not comfortable because enough is not enough to me like how, how much money would be enough that's limitless as long as there are people who need to hear the message of jesus christ that's limitless well how many people like once we get how, how many people you know being a part of activation church w- w- would you be happy with that's that's limitless as long as we are a church as long as i am still here Our mission is to grow and increase. And when I die, my successor will grow and increase. And when they die, their successor will grow and increase. Do you see that we're building a church not just for us, but for future generations? We're building a church for our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, people who aren't even born yet. We are building a place for them to experience Jesus and to carry out the mission of going into the world and preaching the gospel. This is important. What we are doing is important. And I'm telling you, we can shake this nation, and this world with the message of Jesus Christ, but there have to be some people who are willing to think big, pray big, and work hard. So let's talk about praying big, James 5.16. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. You've heard me teach on this. The, The moment your prayer is released in faith, it goes into an unseen realm, but it is working on your behalf. Many of us, when we pray, we will pray so small. We pray for small things that we could actually accomplish on our own. We will pray just for our family, never realizing there's a world around us that needs your prayer. And so I'm going to pray big prayers. I'm going to pray audacious prayers. I want to pray things that scare me. I want to pray and ask for God for things that if it doesn't happen, this is going to be an epic failure. Are you following me? I would say the fact that we're building a building right now is an answer to an epic prayer. Because I was told there is no way that you'll ever build on this property. And I felt duped. Because when we bought this property, I saw blueprints that had three buildings sitting on this property with parking all over the place. And I don't know who put those plans together, but they weren't approved by the county, or if they were approved back then, the county changed their mind. Because the county said, no, because we are on a septic system. But I got out there one day, I prayed, and I began to anoint the property with oil and ask for God to bring the increase. And that's how I believe. God, this place is not big enough for what you've called us to do. So you've either got to give us the ability to expand or you've got to bring something else our way. Did you know when I drive often through this community, I thank God, Father, I thank you for the properties that already have our name on it. I thank you for the people who are called to be at Activation Church. They're not there yet, but I thank you for bringing them in from the north, the south, the east, the west. I thank you that when they step on the property, they'll feel your presence. I thank you that when they come in, the the burden and the heaviness will fall off of them. Father, I thank you for touching those who are sick in their body. I thank you for helping those that have no peace in their mind. That's how we have to pray. We have to pray big and expect God to move. Expect, expectation is faith. Expectation is faith. Some people want to say, well, you shouldn't expect God to do anything. That's foolishness because expectation is faith. And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I want to think big, but I also want to pray big because once I think about it and I get a vision for it, I want to pray into it. This is for our church, but you can apply this to your personal life. You think about it, you set the goal, and then you pray into it. The third thing is this, work hard. Somebody say work hard. Also on our website, which makes it true, we put activation equals multiplication. And under that we wrote, we are not interested in, this is my heart, we are not interested in building an audience full of bench warmers. We are passionate about activating and developing people to reach the world. What am I trying to say in that? I'm not satisfied with just getting people to the building. The purpose of getting them in the building is so that their life can be activated in Christ so that now they are living on mission. Remember, if you're a member of this church, you pray, you serve, you give. And that should be the case for every single person that is involved in this church. You pray, you serve, you give, because we don't just need people to fill a seat. We need people who say, this is my mission, this is my call, this is where God has placed me to reach my world. We will work. There's a place in Scripture where the people needed some water, and they come to Elisha. And they say, Elisha, we need water. And Elisha tells them, dig some trenches. That's hard work. Has anybody ever dug trenches before? I remember my father was building a building for his church and I was nominated to get out there and dig some trenches for the plumbing to go in. That's hard work. And I'm pretty sure that I could get him for child labor laws now. And maybe I should, I don't know. (laughs) But, But that, I mean, digging trenches is hard work, but it was necessary for God to bring the miracle. Again, if you want the promise, you've got to walk through the process. God says, I'll bring the water. I'll fill this valley with water, but you have to dig some ditches. We go to Jesus's first recorded miracle in scripture where the water is turned into wine. And we go, oh, that's fantastic. Water was turned into wine, but we don't look at the details of what happened there. There were some people, some servants standing around that had to have enough faith to go and fill these water pots that would have been very, very heavy to carry. And there was no like central water where you just turn on the faucet. They had to either carry these huge vessels all the way to the town well and fill them up one at a time and carry them back, or they had to go and get buckets of water and come and fill it. Either way, there was a lot of work before Jesus goes, Your wine. We want Jesus to show up and go, "You're wine without doing any work, and it will never happen, because you have to walk out the process. If we want to become the church that God has said we can become, it's because there will be people willing to walk out the process, and that's what I'm looking for. And I believe you are the people. I don't believe that any of you are here by accident. I believe that you are here by design and you are needed and you are valuable. Your prayers are needed. Your serving is needed. Your giving is needed. If we're gonna continue to grow. Now, if we wanna just stay like this, we can stay like this till we die. I won't. I will keep on going, you understand? But you have that choice, you can stay where you are. Or you can say, you know what, Pastor? I believe. Yesterday I had lunch with Sean. We were talking about the youth. And I love talking to Sean because he thinks big. He thinks big. He doesn't just think a few youth in a room that he's trying to entertain so that the parents can go have date night. He thinks big. He thinks ministry-minded. How can we reach the youth of this city? That's how we all need to think. In every aspect, in every area that we are involved in within this church, how can we do more? How can we do more? How can we do more? How can I set aside more so that I can give more? How can I set aside more of my time so that I can serve some more? How can I be involved? All of these things matter because that's what makes the church the body that God has called it to be. I want to thank everybody who's joined us online. And my encouragement to you is that you find the church that God has called you to be planted in. I said it last week, God's not called you to sit on a couch. You'll never fulfill your purpose and destiny from a couch. He's called you to be a part of a body. I would love for that to be Activation Church, but if it's not, find somewhere if you physically can. I understand that some of you physically can't get out and this is a wonderful tool for you and you are a part of our church and I thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity. So I do appreciate that some of you You live in towns where they don't have churches like this. This is your only way to have church, and I am grateful for that. But if you can find a church, find a church. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would touch everybody who's watching online. Lord, draw them close to you so that they can see their purpose. Lord, so that they can begin to walk in their destiny and accomplish everything that you've called them to accomplish. In Jesus' name, amen.